Welcome to the Long Come Norwich podcast, a cultured conversation across the current Canaries context of crushing Coventry. Claire and Punt are with me today to have at it. Claire, we are officially in a playoff race, one point from the top six, with our top scorer about to come back from injury, and key players are banging form. So is it fair to say we should be feeling full of joy and positivity? I think so, yes. There is certainly a wave of optimism at Carrow Road on Saturday, which was a bit of a turn up for the books. We haven't had that for a little while. It seemed like everybody was kind of on the same page and pulling together um, a good performance against a good team. Um, Certainly a good six weeks, really. So I think things are starting to become a lot more positive and dare we hope um we'll probably get beaten at QPR on Saturday now after all of this but you have to enjoy the moments and I certainly enjoyed Saturday and I think the players did and and the fans did so yes let's let's be positive let's believe well I think that is the interesting element of the positivity and the belief that some people feel in that the same people who feel that were kind of wringing their hands maybe just a few weeks ago and trying to understand why David Wagner was still in the job punt, wouldn't you say? Punt. I mean, we we were definitely of that parish, as were, you know, we were both were definitely of that parish. Um, we were. Um, I would say. We were. I mean, someone said to me the other day, I think we might even have it as a question, like, are we, as a listener question, are we witnessing one of the greatest managerial comebacks ever? Because I cannot remember, well, one, I cannot fathom the fact that he is getting them to play for him again. And two, I just can't remember a manager being so far past the brink with the supporter base. Because let's face it, like if you asked Norwich fans, like probably 98% of them would have returned a verdict of, look, he needs to go. And now, like, it genuinely is in the balance as to whether I would change him or not at this moment. And that is testament to the fact that the players have kept playing for him. He's clearly a likeable guy and he's probably kept them on board because of his personality. Um, but not only that, actually, look, we have to credit him with the last two home performances that I've seen against, you know, kind of West Brom and then subsequently against Coventry. We were really good. We were really balanced we looked like we we just struck a perfect chord between defence and attack. Defensively, I thought, you know, that all right, there were moments when Angus Gunners had to bail us out, but you know, any good side will have to be bailed out by by their goalkeeper at points in a season. But defensively, we looked assured. We looked like we had control of some games. And look, I don't want to go overboard because we have gone overboard on the Wagner out train a, a few times, and, and we've really questioned the club's decision making around why was he still here. Um, and I, I don't feel like we should go too far the other way until we have a sustained body of evidence to suggest that, you know, maybe we will um, kind of come up with that playoff push. But at the same time, like all signs are positive and it just, it maddens me almost that Josh Sargent was the missing piece of the puzzle, puzzle all of this time because how can we be so reliant on one player to turn us from a top five club, you know, to when he's gone, like a, I don't know, 17th or whatever it was in the form table. No, it's, well, it's quite... well, we went back and forth on that. You know, my, 
But the, but, but the evidence these... suggests it really strongly. Like, you know, when Sarge yeah. has been here, we've been really good. And when he hasn't, we've been really bad. And I don't, it yeah, isn't as binary as that. Not, not yeah, no, 17th, I genuinely though. think it probably is form table yeah, well, wise. Well, no, because since, because if you go back to, if you go back to um, when we played the scum, um, the, we are something like fourth or fifth in the form table since then. And there's a big chunk of that time we didn't have Sarge. So I don't think that's quite the case. I, I think it is that we are more like a, we're bang average mid table without him. And yeah, that means you in you know, the championship, bang average mid table, you can swing from 10th to 17th. So, so yeah, to a degree, but there's no way this is the 17th best set of footballers in the championship. And I think, you know, where, where we were, and you know, many others were pulling the hair out about it was we, we to almost exactly to that point around Sergeant, we know that the sum of these parts, even when you take out one of the really good parts, should still be better than most of those. And, you know, you're a lot more down on this squad than I am. And you have been since, you know, August transfer window closed. Um, I think that I think I still maintain, as I did at the start of the season and even through the bad run. And that was why I thought Wagner was on such shaky ground was that I still think on any given Sunday, six or seven of our team would get into most starting 11s. Not the top two or three, but the majority of the rest of the championship would be delighted with, you know, a couple of our defenders, a couple of our midfielders, one of our strikers at most times. And I think what we've seen is that Barnes on Saturday, to your point about Sargent coming back, um, you know, Barnes played a fantastic role on Saturday when he came on because he was... Um, he was there as a as a kind of second foil. He was there as a as a as a kind of support person to um, patrol a specific area and not have to do more than he's maybe capable of doing. I mean, Claire, who, who stood out for you? Um, you know, obviously, Punts mentioned Sergeant. I've, I've mentioned Barnes. Is there anyone else that you you would single out for praise from Saturday? Well, science, obviously, his. Um... He's obviously only going to score amazing goals, um, but he—I just think his work work rate. Um, I love his aggression. Like I think he's—I've heard he's quite a kind of cocky character off the pitch as well. But I like that. I like that fact that he's got that little bit of steel about him. So I saw people comparing him to Emmy Buendia at the weekend. You know, he's got that little bit of kind of aggression that sometimes can boil over, but if you rein that in, just that fight in him, he's he just wants it so much. And that's got to be a good thing throughout the whole team if he, he's so kind of passionate like that. Um, so on Saturday, I thought he played a really great game. Um, for me, he was man of the match. Um, but obviously the goal was was amazing. Um, I think every goal he scored has been amazing. I was at Fulham and he scored one like that as well. Obviously, the Liverpool one last week. So, yeah, he definitely is a stand-up player and he's capable of win- winning us a game single-handedly or certainly getting goals without, you know, any other help. So, definitely, he was the one that stood out for me. I mean, he's one of those that you think when Sergeant comes... Uh, silly buddy. When, um, when Johnny Rowe is back... You know, you suddenly think, well, that is that, you know, you, pe- people preparing for Norwich, you know, have now got to prepare for him cutting in and shooting from anywhere. Sarah picking up the ball from deep and shooting from anywhere and it actually being on target regularly. Um, you know, Sergeant being able to um, shoot with, with real power that goes through goalkeepers. Um, and, and 
what we seem to have got back to in the last two games for the first time since those first four or five games where it looked so positive under Wagner at the start of this season um, is the the direct the direct ball with meaning the direct ball with purpose you know we'd, we'd gone a little bit direct because we seem to be bereft of ideas because it was direct with for the wrong people in the wrong sort of balls that Barnes isn't going to be able to, to chase down um, whereas what happened brilliantly in the last two home games was we were playing angled balls waiting for the the situation to be that the the strikers um on the shoulder you know, Sarge is on the shoulder of the last defender there were a couple of times where Sarge and um Science had uh one twos where one in the first half one in the second half where um in each case um they both had a 50-50 guess as to I'm going to go left, I'm going to go right, and they got it wrong. And in both cases, either Science or Sergeant would have been through on goal um, with a with a really good opportunity to increase the scoreline. Um, so I think just the fact that there were so many things that nearly came off and didn't um, is, is is testament to, like I say, how difficult it's going to be to prepare for, for Norwich because we seem to be able to mix it now in, in terms of being tough. We certainly are not nicey, nicey Norwich at the moment to play in. And Carroll Road punt has, has become a bit of a fortress, you know, in terms of top playoff teams coming here and going away without much, if anything. Yeah, yeah and I, I think that's the the thing that almost did for Dean Smith. God, yeah. I want to get through a podcast without mentioning Dean Smith at some point, but let's let's just go back to him for a moment. Our I home still can't believe it happened. One, yeah, <laughs> our home form was really bad under him. And I think that just... It just meant that Carrow Road was a bit of a bleak place to come, whereas Wagner, for all his faults when we went through that really terrible run, was still he still kind of had this really nice habit of making sure that he he retained his dignity, that he was likable, that he understood what it was, you know, to to be a supporter of a football club, and he's very careful in the way in which not only him, but his squad, and it is the squad and the coaching team, now go and thank the supporters as well. And I'd, like, it's a really simple thing to do when done well, but not many football managers do it that well. I saw some Coventry fans laughing at our celebrations at the end as if it was to do with them. Obviously, we do it after every win. But one of their own fans actually commented and said, we complain about the players that they don't engage with the fans and then here are some players engaging with the fans and we're complaining about that. Like, you know, I think it's a great thing that they do it at the end of every win. Yeah, I think I think that's a brilliant point, Claire. Like it 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 helps, you know, kind of and, and look, we we used to, like when things were really good, we used to talk to the club quite a lot about, you know, kind of actually how supporters and players and coaching staff, you know, and staff at the club can all be together because when Norwich have been brilliant. Um, you know, it has always been a united front. It has always been that everyone's been pulling in the same direction and it hasn't felt like that for some time. So, you know, the fact that they they recognise that and they're trying to do something about that at, at the end of games, for me, is is brilliant. Like, you know, and it, and it does feel like a real collective, a real team effort in, in which the way in which they go about that. I did just want to circle back, Tom, to points you were making about the directness and the fact that we could be direct. And, and I think, I just want to single someone else out for praise because I think he gets a lot of pelters a lot of the time. And that's Ben Gibson. Because I think on Saturday, he was fabulous in terms of his distribution. You know, let's not dress that up. I think he was excellent. I think he has been 
look, I'm not going to go as far as to say he's been an unsung hero this season. And I know he's had his doubters, but this is a guy that, you know, has, has had a baby born prematurely, has been really poorly. He's had to deal with all that whilst getting booed by his own supporters at Carra Road. And he has retained an awful lot of dignity in the way in which he's gone about his business. And I actually think has been one of our most capable defenders this season. Like he, he hasn't really been the kind of maybe the error prone centre back that we saw last season. I, I feel like he's been really decent. And there was, it wasn't just, oh, let's punt up to Sarge or Science and see if they can get on the end of it. And, it, you know, it was, it was kind of an area ball. There was a couple of times that he clipped it into to Barnes, like in a really effective and accurate way. That I just thought there probably isn't many other players at the club that could play a, a pass with that level of accuracy. And it just felt like he was becoming as important as some of the other really strong cogs in the, in the team. And I don't think anyone I've really seen that recognised the fact that Ben Gibson is playing really quite well at the moment. One of the things that has been a positive um, in the last three, four um, games with him has been his willingness to not um, force a long pass or force a long ball. Um, and, and I think that's where some of the frustration has been. So um, there, there has been there has been murmurs and uh, uh, not necessarily boos, but certainly disgruntlement when play will seem to almost come to a dead dead halt, a complete stop when, when he gets the ball um, because he is he would rather stop still than move us in a direction that, that isn't you know isn't, isn't going to be isn't going to be positive and I think when that then comes within a game where he then does deliver four or five really good progressive passes you then go okay he's being picky about his options that I think the, the, the challenge he has had is at times he's maybe done that and then the good passes also haven't been a few minutes either side of it so therefore the the kind of the grumbles have, have happened I mean he like you know he was very error prone last season um, I mean you no know, not singling him out we're rubbish at the back in general under Smith and and Wagner for large chunks of last season. So it's not that's not just him, but um, no, it, that that is definitely a positive. I mean, I think Claire, in terms of looking ahead to games like QPR, do you think maybe there's any risk we might raise it against playoff teams and then have a problem against the strugglers? I don't think so. Now I think we've got that little bit of the momentum behind us and the positivity amongst the players. We've got John Rowe still to come back. Um, I think. They can see that it's it's achievable, and I don't I don't think that they will let their levels drop. I hope um, it's going to poss- I guess the the thing about playing the teams we've played in the last six weeks is that they're all really decent teams, and they're playing their own games rather than lining up just to stop our players playing. Um, and potentially the next few games we've got, there is going to be a lot more of that, and it can get a little bit frustrating when you've got 10 men behind the ball um, and can we find a way through it. But we have got the players on the pitch that can pick holes uh, in, you know, in that and we are capable and I really think the players believe that now. So hopefully they won't, where they won't let their levels drop in the coming weeks. Well, yeah, there's, there's a, um, there's a couple of basement uh, teams, but then there's also, you know, a smattering of the, the playoff chases as well. So, We've got Sunderland and Watford, who you know whose fan bases will both consider themselves you know, going for the playoffs. I mean, Sunderland are one point off. Um, Watford, uh, who we've got 
uh, on well a week today as we as we're recording this this podcast, um, they're only um, four points out of it. And then we've also got um, a QPR obviously on Saturday, and and then um, Blackburn as well, who, who are in eighteenth. And you know you would think out of it, but then it is the championship, so you never know. Um, so there's a bit there's a bit of a mixture. I, I I've I have the confidence at the moment though that that Wagner's team seem to be galvanised by how well they're playing now. To your point around an amazing turnaround job punt, there is an element of a of a squad that has felt like it's under siege. You know, there may well have been, you know, uh, well, to be old-fashioned about it, you know, newspaper clippings put up on the, the dressing room wall, you know, headlines that have been written, you know, we've been written off, I'm going to get sacked, you guys are no good, we, you know, we're, we're, we're terrible, etc. Let's go and show them. Teams that come through that and actually manage to turn turn in, into some good form, they are going to be galvanised and they're going to be stronger for that. And I, and I think we are seeing some of that. I mean, I, I, I've talked about pre, in previous seasons, I always am very mindful of how players celebrate goals and how the whole eleven celebrate goals and whether or not you know your centre backs always bother uh, running and joining in or whether or not your your, your full back who wasn't involved in the move who's the other side of the pitch joins in and all the rest of it. At the moment, that there seems to be a real real togetherness. You saw it at Liverpool um, for the equaliser. You saw it. Um, um, I think on uh, both the West Brom and the Coventry games, I think this this group is this group is maybe stronger, and maybe this adversity has brought them together in a way that they didn't feel like a they they felt like a squad rather than a team, um, and, and maybe they're feeling more like a team now. Or is that too um, uh, yellow tinted glasses and a bit too romantic? Yeah, I'm not sure. I like you this positive, mate. Like, I I just. Yeah, just don't recognise it. Um, the yes, I think I, I recognise all of the things you say, and I feel like the squad should be stronger for coming through what they have come through, and they should maybe have a bit more faith in in Wagner if it is indeed Wagner, because you know we've said it on this podcast a, a few times. Sometimes you feel like moments are ha- or are or were happening in spite of him rather than actually because of him, and it, it felt like. This was just good players knowing how to play together. And we have looked, let's not dress this up, we have looked really poorly coached at times this season, like really, like a really badly, badly coached, um, you know, as as a collective. And I just, I, I don't see how the dial just keeps, you know, moving to, you know, it's, it's almost like a swingometer in an election, you know, kind of, and it's, you know, a yellow and green one. I, I don't see how that keeps happening. But it does under David Wagner. Like ever since he's been at this football club, we've been massively streaky. He came in like we won what like six out of nine. Looked like we were p- potentially going to be making the playoffs. Beat Millwall at their place. Everyone thought this was a done deal. We seemed incredibly together at that point, and it was you know all of the conversations us on this podcast. Like you listen to the Pinkin Boys, like the On the Ball, you know Michael Bailey's podcast. At, at the time everyone was like well we're going to make top six probably be like fourth or fifth and and this will all be fine and we'll just coast into the premier league and then we had like i don't know whatever it was one win and 11 going into um the final days of of last season it's been replicated again you know like we've started like a steam train we've had a poor run of form then maybe put two or three results together and then another really poor run of form 
and now we're coming out of the back end of that and and you look over the last maybe like 12 games i guess we've had a sustained period of um doing quite well i don't really know whether there's another streak in us like you know in terms of does it go the other way at times i'm i'm really not sure um but let's just hope that we aren't streaky anymore and that we do find that consistency that we need and we're able to to function as the collective as the you know the the group that Wagner has molded and, and hopefully this is his, his team in his own image the bit that I'm really concerned about is I just feel like when it's David Wagner with teams that are perhaps playing a bit more of an expansive brand it feels like we can you know, get at them a bit more than as Clara just just you know kind of referenced a moment ago maybe if they just say right two banks of four break us down you know kind of we're going to find it very I think sometimes that's where we found it difficult where we've had to take the games by the scruff of the neck where we've had to wrestle the momentum away and we've had to be the protagonists that feels like it's where Norwich have have struggled a bit more and it's going to be like that against some of the teams at the bottom of the league but Look, we need to remain positive. We're in a brilliant run of form at the minute. All of our players are coming back to fitness at, at just the right time. Um, so I do feel like we could we could go and we could challenge. But I say I can't I can't shake that thought. Is this is this just that we've got a really good squad or we've got a really good group of individuals who can all put moments together and they're suddenly learning how to play together rather than being an incredibly coached, effective team? Um, but hey let's see what happens well march is a really good month for that because of the because of the play the, the teams we've got and um i don't know if you know this punt but football's not actually played on paper um but if it was then you would you would certainly circle march as as kind to norwich in terms of who we're up against you know we do have to um we do have to, to play a couple of the northeast boys but there's an opportunity for us to pick up points um and we could be um, you know, in in six seven weeks' time, we could set ourselves up for a really good run in. But it's how we how we navigate how we navigate those those few weeks. I think that are going to be really really crucial, especially when you look at who some of the other lot in that the playoffs are going to go up against. But one thing I want to like ask you, Claire, is when we amongst the positivity um, that you heard on the way home from the ground and around the ground was. Um, yeah, but do you want this lot anywhere near the playoffs, or do, you know, do, you know, do you know what I'm there is that there is that element of lack of trust still because we've been like to, to Punt's point, we've had a couple of rubbish runs even in this season. Yeah, after watching Sunday against Liverpool, I didn't feel like I wanted to get back to the Premier League any time in a hurry. Do we really want to be in the playoffs? I mean, you obviously want to be successful in the season, don't you? But do we want the reward of winning the playoffs? Personally, I don't. But I'd love, I'd love to have another go at the playoff final. Um, we had such a great time last time. Um, it, potentially against Ipswich, which would be oh, can't, can't even imagine. Um, but yes, it would be. I think a great thing to get there. But I'm not particularly sure I want to get the reward at the end of it. No. I I think it'd be so funny to <laughs> so funny to beat Ipswich in the playoffs, but it would. <laughs> I, I I can't. I'm I'm not ready to want. I'm not ready to want the playoffs yet, and that's that was kind of why I asked the question oh, okay. because that you know because yeah that, that, that's why I wanted to bring it up. I, I just I need to see. I need to. 
um I was so proud of that performance we put in against the filth previously. Um, and that's the only kind of example we've got of a must-win game, you know, of the last, what, two years, really, um, where it felt like genuinely this is you know, this this one game matters a huge degree. Um, and they came through it so brilliantly. And I thought Wagner handled it great. I think that the players handled it great. I need to see... I w- I guess if we are even in that situation, we will have had more games like that where we are up against a team in seventh or a team in in fifth in order to cement being sixth or whatever. So therefore, I guess by then they will have to have been far more battle proven, you know, because you don't fluke your way. But do you not think we've shown that in the last six weeks because we've played five of the teams above us and come out with a decent return? And Yep, that's fair. You know, they were all tough games and... You know, even we got criticism for the performances against Southampton and Hull, but but we got four points from those games, even if we didn't perform well. I think the players we've got are capable of turning it on when they need to. And we've got big game players as well. So I think that could be would be fairly crucial if we did get into the playoffs. But there's only one, I think probably only one spot left in the playoffs, maybe two if West Brom kind of stutter a bit but there's a lot of good teams going for that place and even if we do our best we still might not make it so it's all conjecture at the moment anyway really it's one of those things where i i you know as long as as long as scum lose in the playoff semi-final i'm not <laughs> um i'm 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 personally fine with finishing eighth or ninth because if we did do that it means we're going to win more than we lose between now and the end of the season and We've got, you know, we're not going to lose everyone going into the following season, and and, and you know, if we, we can continue to play more like we have in the last two or three games than than some of the drops before, then then that's a positive thing. And 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 as and as we've said, even in the podcast that was titled "Why," because we didn't know why he was still here, he does seem like a thoroughly brilliant bloke. So if he can keep this going for another few weeks without it being, you know, looking like another streak has come to an end. I think he, there is a groundswell of opinion punt that is of all of the managers that are likely to turn around a, four, a, a, a run of form where they get sacked. It, it He probably was in the best position to do it based on the fact that no one ever was calling him out for how he behaved on the side of the pitch, how he behaved in press conferences. He never seemed mm-hmm. to take it for granted. He never seemed to be self-obsessed. He never, he never lied. He'd never come out and tell us we were brilliant when we were crap. You know, he would sometimes obviously protect the players a little bit, but he would never, you know, rarely would it be, I don't know what game he's watching. He would, you know, he would sometimes skirt around that, but never to the extent of some other people. And yeah, so I think that's, that's why he's got, he, he might be the, the first person. And, you know, we said it at the time, no one turns it around from here. Once people start booing, it is usually a single figure number of games when people start saying you don't know what you're doing before a subs even come on the bitch. You know, but it's usually a single finger number, single figure number of games. Sometimes you might get eight or nine, but usually it isn't. Um, how, so, yeah. how, how close do you think we are to getting back to that moment again? Because I, I always think when it's turned to that three degree. Three losers out of four, three losers out of five. Would do I, it, think I, think. We're, I think we're a couple of results away from this all kind of not necessarily going south as it it did before, but it could do in terms of like, as you say, groundswell of opinion. Mm. But to your point about Wagner, I think he's really self-aware and I think he, he reads the room really well and he is able to strike a tone 
either in press conferences or you know post match interviews, which just strikes a chord with people. And they, they, I think that's Daniel Farker was brilliant at PR with supporters. David Wagner is really good at PR with supporters. He's not at Farker esque levels, but he's he's good at it. And and I think we should recognise that for what it was. And I think if Dean Smith had 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 that level of self awareness, that he probably would have got a lot more time from Norwich fans, and they wouldn't have been chanting, Dean Smith, your football is shit. And alongside or, you know, that, do you then do you then think that partly the reason that he is still here is because the players believed in him as well because. I, he was that kind so. of manager think, that they they like him and they they don't particularly want him to go. Perhaps we don't know what's going on on the inside, but you get the feeling they're playing for him and they never really weren't playing for him. Um, I think the the noises that I'd heard before is there is a core group of players that really like him, and then there's some others that were on the periphery. Like, look, that's natural yeah, behaviour with footballers, yeah. isn't it? Like, if you're not if you're not getting picked, then you're going to be pissed off. But I wonder. I really wonder about this is like, so the what next? And look, you know, we, we are of an understanding that Ben Napper is going to be doing some media before long, you know, once the, tra- after the transfer window is now closed that, you know, he is, he is going to speak whether that's to, um, you know, the, the, the local outlets or whether that's, that's club prepared interview, not so sure, but you know, we are going to hear from him soon. And I guess the question on, on, in my mind anyway, is, so what next? Because actually the club's metrics last season were top two, all right, top six at a push, but you know, we wanted to be promoted automatically. They were really quite categoric about that. That's what we're going for. They failed, like we failed abysmally in that regard. They kind of shifted ambition this season and said like top six. And what if we fail this season? Like what if by the club's very own metrics, David Wagner fails two seasons out of two in terms of like his his stated objectives or the club's stated objectives like is it all right that we finish eighth or ninth but actually we're winning winning more than we lose and it's quite nice and the manager's a good bloke and all the rest of it I don't know how long that washes for without someone from the club i.e Ben Napper coming out and going here's the long-term vision and I just the the massive part of me that you know that is trying not to be overwhelmingly negative is just like so what is the plan because it can't be david wagner because if it was if it was david wagner then maybe we'd have seen a few more experienced heads like kind of recruited this window and, and it, it would have been players that had been recruited to play the style of football that that wagner plays but i don't i didn't see that in the window what i saw is that all right we shipped one out who was unhappy and we shipped one in you know because of as a, as a stopgap but it didn't seem like, especially as there was indications that there was Atanasio cash to spend, and he'd mentioned that in interviews, didn't seem like a wholesale backing of this coach. And I think the club is in a really precarious position and the next two months will probably decide his future in terms of, but, you know, what is the plan? Like, no one knows, do they, at the moment? And, you know, Napa's done his audit and he's presented that to the board from, again, from like noises that that we've heard. So, but... You know what he says is going to be absolutely fascinating. Like probably more so than most times when Weber came out to talk, and when he did talk, you'd list. You know, everyone would listen, regardless of whether we thought he was, you know, striking the right tone or not. But actually, it's 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 never felt more like we're at a massive crossroads, and I just I just don't know what's going to happen next. And that, and that's that's the really interesting bit for me. 
it's nice to be heading into a crossroads off the back of some decent football and some some nice goals though, eh? Yeah, um, oh, 100%. So speaking of crossroads, we reach a crossroads in the podcast where we are going to navigate to some listener questions. Okay, well, this is one that I, I can answer. I'll take this. But this is from Norwich Pure on Twitter or X Norwich or Purr. whatever we call it. Norwich Pure, who identifies as, as a 20 percenter. I think that is very important. Right. Um, when will the Barclay flags be coming back? Feels like we're approaching a crucial point of the season and the players have always said how much they like it. Um, I would say keep an eye on the Barclay for the Watford game next Tuesday, because we are hoping that there should be some level of representation in terms of flags. But however, and I would just make a plea at this point, that is always incumbent on the right amount of volunteers being available. And lots of our volunteers' personal circumstances have changed over the last 18 months to two years. So if you are really up for coming to the ground probably three hours before kickoff or maybe two and a half hours before kickoff and putting flags on seats... We would be well up for hearing from you. So get in our DMs and we would gladly have you as part of the flag putter outreach team. There you go. Claire, have you missed the flags? Yeah. I mean, it would have been a bit weird having them when we were rubbish in the middle part of the season. Exactly. <laughs> but then again, maybe if we'd had them, we might not have been so rubbish. It's, I don't know. The chicken or the oh, egg. I don't know. Flags mean results. That's that's quite the quite the statement. <laughs> but yes, it would be lovely to have them back, and it certainly feels like the right time to be bringing them back and sort of gather up that positivity that's finally coming into the ground again, and and keep going with it. Yeah, I'm excited. Yes. So yes, watch this space. I would say, but yeah, we are definitely hoping to have something um, in play for Watford beyond that. Who knows? Um, right, what we got next? Let's have Norwich fan Gegenrecht, who um, always asks us questions. So very, you know, big thank you. But he asks, do we really want to get promoted this year? And I guess, Claire, you've answered that to an extent. So, Tom, what do you reckon? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I, I think I think you always want to get promoted because um, it's one of the, it's one of those sort of rhetorical questions where you go, ah, the, you know, this slot in the Premier League, really. But, you know, look at Luton, you know, that they are making a real go of it. If you get, if you get some luck and if you get a couple of shrewd, um, you know, um, transfers that really work out for you, I'm blanking on the midfielder uh, who seems to have found a home there. Uh, was it Everton? And uh, what's his name? Ross Barkley. Ross Barkley. Um, you know, he's pulling the strings and he was outstanding at the weekend for them um, against Newcastle, just gone. Uh, and, you know, you get you get either a loan uh, of, of someone of that ilk or a signing of someone of that ilk who's sort of wanting to rebuild their career or, or is, you know, like us with Ollie Skip, obviously that was a league below. But, you know, it's the sort of person who's just kind of one removed and they want to make sure they get a good season worth of games, like your Billy Gilmore's. If Billy Gilmore works out as a signing, all of a sudden it's a it's a different proposition. So, you know, you are own, you know, as Weber has you know was key at, at pains to say, you know, we make five or six bits of tran- of transfer business going from Championship to Premier League. We probably need five of the six to be home runs, but that could happen. You know, it, it might happen. It's it's low odds, uh, and we are maybe you know shopping in a lower end than, than most. But Luton haven't spent. You know they haven't 
they sort of cheated it in the same way Brentford have. They haven't thrown 150 mil two transfer windows in a row or whatever. It, you know, they have they have not completely bankrolled it in, in like the way of your Bournemouths and what have you, your Forests. It is doable to have a real go of it and create some really magic memories. Um, and you know, going back to the, the the Man City game, the Newcastle game, um, you know, th- they are special memories um, of of eventually relegation seasons. But when it comes down to it, you know, yes, I would wince and I would be worried. And and, and actually, I'm answering that question with the recent memory of the Liverpool game, where we had far from our strongest team. And I was fairly proud of the performance. You know, we were outplayed because they're a far better team in the same way as we'd be outplayed several of the weeks if we were to go in the Premier League. Um, but the the heart and the desire and the structure, and you could, we, you know, we tr- we could see how they were trying to contain them and it was in places working. And and eventually they got through and you, that was to be expected. But if that's the sort of fare that we were served... I don't want to lose five five two every week, but you know if you can see clearly that is the plan that is going to work against um, some mid table and and some of the lower down down teams. So yeah, you know if 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 somehow we sneak up, brilliant. But you know the the, the main thing is maintaining this run of it being enjoyable to go to Carrow Road again. I mean, I, I, I that's the thing I'm focused on ahead of promotion. Yeah, I'd agree with that, Claire. This might sound like quite. An insane question to ask, um, given that I've just labelled David Wagner as maybe not the, particularly the most effective coach that we've ever had. Do you think Wagner's brand of football might be more um, effective in the Premier League than a Daniel Farker brand of football? Yes, in a word. I think potentially yes. We'd certainly... Um, you can see with... Um, Oh, God, I've done a blank now. The team that got promoted last season at the top of the league that begins with a B. What's the team? Burnley, Burnley, that's the one. (laughs) Too many Bs. Um, Burnley, you can see what's happened to them and they play similar style of football to what we were under Daniel Farker. They're trying to beat the best at their own game and they're failing miserably. Um, I think a bit more steel about David Wagner's Norwich than there was Daniel Farker's um, bit more grit. Um, yes, I think, I mean, it's, I don't know. I, in the back of my mind, I just feel like we'd be Sheffield United next season if we did get promoted rather than Luton. But it would be very interesting. No one wants to be Sheffield United. No, we no. were Sheffield United. Ever. So <laughs> we were in that position. Um, that's That's my issue is I just have trauma from that. But I think... It would be very interesting to see how a team under David Wagner would fare um, if we kept this squad of players and added some some sort of, like you said, more experienced players like a Ross Barkley. I do think we could give it a better go, um, but I don't know. I, I just I, I do feel like we would just be Sheffield United again. So. Well, it's down to Napa, isn't it? No, so so we the, what we've got that's different this time is Napa, and maybe he has got a better knack of finding a gem. You know, who knows how how big Sid is going to be? Um, yeah, that's that's the first test of a of a of a Napa era player. Well, he looked good in the um, in the five minutes that he was on. 
Yeah, I mean, all three of his interactions yeah, with the football were, were sensible. Yeah. <laughs> you know, his, I heard someone I heard someone on Canary Call um, describe his movement as, as really, really positive, and I thought, you know, that is a wonderful cut like, <laughs> of the four minutes that he yeah. ran around. Yeah, brilliant. <laughs> you know, um, I love it. I love, but I mean, even the fact that people are trying and finding positives in that is it shows what a January signing can do. That that people are willing to. To, to try and read something into five minutes of a big bloke running 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 against a team of ten, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not surprised there was some space for him to run into. Yes. Um, yeah, no, I, I that that's that's the thing. If I mean Wagner's Huddersfield, sixteen points, I think they finished with um, uh, based on what I just googled. So I must say, think I, I googled it. Um, so it doesn't look like they you know were particularly difficult to beat. Yeah, but well, 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 they, well, stayed, they, stayed they stayed up. They stayed up for one season. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah the I'm just, but I'm. I, I said seventeen, eighteen. Um, so I'm just thinking. I'm thinking about whether or not he will have learnt from the the, the unsuccessful season. Um, you know, has has he? So Dean Smith went straight from a struggling club to a struggling club. You wouldn't have thought there was a great deal of reflection in the what two or three days in between losing his job and interviewing for one to really reflect, watch some game tape, think back on you know how he could have things looked at different, looked at some other managers and how they're deploying their troops kind of from a distance. Um, and maybe therefore Wagner does benefit from actually this is my second go around with an underdog, and um, what do I do differently, you know. Um, uh, you know, road the success as quite often people do look at, you know, Blackpool, etc. Hull, you know, there have been minnows that have, have rode a bit of a successful first season back and, and managed to maintain some momentum. And then the momentum dissipates in the second round of transfers don't work out, etc. Maybe he benefits from from that prior experience and that that we, we find some way of developing something. But I, I, I you know, to go back to the question you asked Claire, I completely agree. It will be fascinating to see um, if Farker wins the playoffs, which I think he will. It'll be fascinating to see Leeds under Farker with the money that Leeds have got to to, yeah. to buy some some better ammunition. Be really interesting to see Farker in the in the Premier League for exactly that reason because he you feel that he will he had a bit of time out. I think he will have learned a thing or two, and we'll we'll, I think we'll have look learned. at how he approached it. But the, he'll also have the necessary finance to maybe look at how his his football can be progressed into the Premier yeah. League. I, I, I think he'd he'd be just fine if he took Leeds up, and that is still a big if. You know, like I, I think they're going to be playoff bound, aren't they? And, and then it is a lottery from there. Um, I'm just reviewing the rest of our questions, and they are all essentially like, "Are we going up, um, or would you like to go up?" Kind of one. So we had lots of them, but just you know, like all of of a theme that we have already dealt with. Well, let's just move straight to um, guarantees then. Um, John, I'd like a guaranteed scoreline for both the QPR game and the Watford game. And just one score from, from each of the games to be guaranteed. Thank you very much. Okay, I'm going to say... I don't ask much. No, no. Cheers, mate. Well, um, I'm going to say that there will be no goals on Saturday and that there will be a board draw at Loftus Road. Mm. Um which on the face of things, like an away point, you could go, oh, that wouldn't be the worst. But then we are playing Watford and we don't traditionally do that well against Watford. No, so I worry that we may lose that one 1-0 and we will lose a lot of momentum. I want neither of these things to happen and I want six points from the next two games. It just almost feels like, I don't know, 
like I hate playing teams like QPR and Watford because it it feels like peril is around the corner. So I don't think we're going to score any goals in the next two games. Sorry, mate. Right, Claire, get rid of old Doom Merchant over here and, and, and <laughs> well, give me some guaranteed results and some scorers. Well, I think we'll score because we do tend to score in most games, don't we? Aren't we like? Yeah, you'd, pro- you'd probably have really good odds. But we got the best record uh, back at that. Back, no goals. Yeah. yeah, we're good at scoring goals. Um, okay, I'm going to say I think it will be tight on Saturday, but I'll say one nil to Norwich, and the scorer will be. I'll go with science again because, you know, he's on a roll. Will it be 20 yards, 30 yards or 40 half, yards? Half, halfway line. Halfway <laughs> I line. love it. Yes, yes, please. <laughs> and then Tuesday we will win because I'm going and so far this season I haven't seen us lose at Carrow Road. I've got an almost Brilliant. 100% record. I've seen one draw and the rest of them have all been wins um, by some miracle. Um, so we will win. I think two one and the score one scorer or two one scorer Johnny Rowe he'll be back and Sarge. Oh, there you go. So I'm, I'm I think that I mean I I will split the difference and say that I think we'll go win on Saturday and I think we are due a biggie. I think I think we've got a three four goal win in us and I, I think it's hell, coming. Man. I think it's coming. <laughs> I think I'm going. For, I'm going four nil, and likewise, I think that Roe is going to be back and just score straight away because it's just funny that the second he returns, it's just oh no, I, this is the thing I do. I score all the time. That's me. Um, and is then, he supposed uh, to be back on Saturday? Yeah, he's in the is squad. That, yeah. should, be, should be in the squad. Yeah, he's training. Oh, okay, um, good. Yeah, and um, I mean, he only needs to play for thirty seconds to score, and then um, and then I think uh, we will uh, draw at home to Watford, and I personally think. Four points either way they come keeps us very nicely tidily in in the race. Keep it interesting for for another little while, at least. Um, and yeah, I just I'm delighted that there's so much positivity. It was it was so nice to, you know, what are we now three three home games in a row? To just be walking out of Car Road going. I think I know what the plan was. I think the players seem to know what the plan was. We did things in the same way several times and good opportunities kept getting cre- created and there was some good singing and we were against a decent team. I, I thought Coventry were excellently coached um, and mm-hmm. their fans were always terrific. They always make a good good, good noise, got a lot of respect for the Coventry fans um, and I was just thoroughly happy that Carrow Road seems to be something nice to look forward to going to which it hasn't been for a lot of this season so enjoy QPR everybody enjoy Watford everybody and do mind how you go